0: Coming up, we look deeper into the publicist group
1: restructure. We're going to provide a perspective on ITV's investigation on Dentsu Aegis'
0: trading deals. And finally, bad agency marketing. Hello and welcome to ID.com's Media Snack, episode 9. Uh, So this week we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the publicist group restructure and uh, give some perspective on some of the challenges they face with media this year.
1: Yeah, we're going to cover an article that came out in the trade press concerning ITV's investigation on the trading deals that uh, Dentsu Aegis uh, have got in
0: place. Mm -hmm. And I need to get something off my chest, which is some bad agency marketing, uh, which we'll share with you some examples and wonder why. All coming up on IDCom's Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich. Okay, so we're going to start this week. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into the publicist restructure because that's really just been a, one of the biggest stories of the year so far, yeah. uh, and it's fascinating to kind of keep track of it. And last Friday, David and I were invited to go to uh, Nomura Bank, a so Japanese investment bank. They Uh, advise a lot of institutional and large private investors in lots of sectors, but this was about Invest for Investors in the media sector. Um, And we had lunch with a room full of investors and we did a &A, Q&A, which was fascinating. Some of the questions that they were asking us and the perspective that they have of our industry from a very different perspective, a lot of the questions were about publicists. On the back of, of last year's uh, you know, uh, enormous uh,
1: number of pitches and the implications of the results of those pitches on the holding groups. Yeah. Uh, so the focus was, was predominantly on, on publicists and how they're going to react to what was a pretty bad year for them last year. Yeah.
0: Um, so that kind of led us into thinking really more ahead of that and then subsequently about what's going on at Publicis and perhaps what the impact might be for this year. Um, and then this week... We saw, you know, one of the uh, leading media analysts in on Wall Street, a guy called Brian Weiser, um, actually announced that or declared Publicis as a buy. Yeah. To say, and you've read kind of some into that.
1: Yeah. So, so he uh, he upgraded Publicis stock as a buy uh, for two reasons. The first was that it is currently at a at a low price, uh, 22% below his target price. But secondly, he believes that the reorganisation, the restructuring that publicists are going to go through mm. will provide them with a massive opportunity for growth going into 2016, yeah. the back half of 2016, and then into 2017.
0: Yeah, And publicists, you know, we've touched on this before, but the last five or six years, They've had a bit of a tricky time because they, they used to lead the market, lead the sector in terms of organic growth, mm-hmm. like streets ahead of the average of the rest of the agencies five years ago. And that's just been on steady, steady decline uh, to now. They trail way below the, uh, the industry average in terms of growth. So it's hard to see where that's going to come from. And I think some of the original nervousness about publicists as a stock last year was that they were very highly exposed in the US? Yeah, the right US is fifty over fifty percent of the publicist group's yeah. uh, total revenue in one market, um, and the UK is also very, very highly exposed on. Mm. Um, and they had they've had pretty bad times in both of those markets, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so the, this reorg needs to needs to work work, and it, something needs to happen pretty quickly. So yeah, how, how's it going? How's it going? So,
1: so well, we're not entirely sure. That's the that's the big kind of question I think on mm. everybody's mind. Uh, there has been very little communication uh, beyond what Maurice Levy shared at the back end of last year. Mm. Uh, the financial controller, the financial director of Publicist Group, uh, assured the city that the restructuring was going to be completed by the end of H one. Yeah. So going into Q3 of this year, the reorganisation was going to be in place. Yeah. They were going to start looking at hopefully organic growth uh, in a place to get themselves into a place so 2017 would be far stronger. Yeah. Um, you know, we are uh, a third of the way through Q1, and we've heard absolutely nothing mm. with regards to the development of of the restructuring. Yeah,
0: so they're running out of time. Yeah. And do you think clients would be concerned? I'd be
1: terrified if I was a client. I would want to know uh, exactly what was going on, what the roadmap for this restructuring would be, yeah. how it would impact me and my business, um, and where the benefits are. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that these conversations are taking place at a very senior level, uh, but you know, we certainly haven't been uh, exposed,
0: or we haven't heard any, mm. uh, you know, communication going through the agencies. Yeah. So, I mean, there must be a lot of pressure then internally because they've got to quickly restructure. It's going to require. We mentioned this in a previous media snack, which we'll link back to because if you want to know the backstory to the publicist restructure, we've we've uh, spoken about this before. Um, there's pressure on the restructure, but also there's pressure to win organic business or gain back billings lost yeah. um, in a, in a bad year, particularly in the US. The publicist group had from a media perspective. So. Uh, pressure on that. We know that uh, one brand has already uh, taken their business to pitch, Aviva in the UK, which is uh, what's 60 million. Yeah, predominantly in the UK. So it's a long-standing yeah. uh, Zenithopter
1: Media client. Uh, they have uh, announced their review. We expect that to be quite a swift review, mm. so to you know, uh, make a decision relatively quickly. Uh, but certainly it's a, it's a review that, that Zenith and publicists at
0: large mm. won't want to lose. Yeah, And we, and we see this happen sometimes. When, you know, when it's clear that an agency group really, really needs to win new business, um, you'll find that actually quite a lot of their clients then put their piz- business up for pitch. Because they know that an agency under that kind of pressure might be open to renegotiate terms, um, which is tough on the agency. So they often have to fight on two battles. They're trying to find organic growth, but also they find themselves def- having to defend a lot of business. And so there will be probably some large publicist group media clients thinking, can I now leverage this situation to improve my terms? But equally, if you are a non-publicist
1: uh, client mm. and you are intending to go to review, the first invitation that mm. I would send out would be to the publicist media yeah. groups. Yeah. They will set the pace uh, in terms of their competitiveness when it comes to pricing. Yeah. Um, you know, I would want to
0: be uh, right in the middle of that opportunity. Yeah. So that's pretty brutal. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, and report back to see which is the first big major global advertiser to really test out both Publicis' commercial uh, commitments, but also whether it validates their restructure or not, because last year clearly P&G weren't convinced by that. Let's wait and see. Okay, next up, uh, more agency trading deal questions. Yeah. So this time Dentsu Aegis and ITV are having a little bit of a spat, so what's going on? So uh, ITV
1: are investigating Dentsu Aegis and their ability to deliver against the commitments that they've made to ITV. Mm. Uh, Two areas of of kind of concern I'd imagine from ITV, firstly are they delivering the volume that they have guaranteed to Mm -hmm. get the prices that that, uh, ITV have offered? And secondly what is the share? Of their overall billings uh, of their overall spend, and so they were investigating uh, the closure of the book I think from Mm. from last year
0: Yeah Um, And this is we've talked a little bit before about these agency trading deals the reason behind them This is an agency and ITV is the largest Terrestrial broadcaster in the UK, so it's a significant media vendor to fall out with Um, These agency trading deals aggregate all of the clients spend to try and improve the pricing and the terms that the agency can get. Um, So in theory, it delivers better pricing and perhaps added value back to the advertiser. Um, But when they don't work, you know, and when the agency falls out with the, with the, with the TV station or fails to deliver it, the, the the volume that is promised to that TV station in advance, then that has a big impact on advertisers potentially because, it impacts the future ability for them to contract. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's uh, two two kind of key issues I think from a client's perspective. The first is that
1: uh, reportedly, uh, Dentsu Aegis invests three hundred million pounds a year mm. on ITV. Yeah. Okay. And with that, they get uh, significant discounts, and they also get rebates, right? Which go back to the client, or a proportion of those rebates yeah. go back to the client, if they have been found to. Uh, um, misjudge the delivery of those commitments either mm-hmm. from a volume or from a share perspective, then it will naturally compromise Dentsu Aegis's ability to renegotiate next year on behalf of those clients. And it will also dilute some of the rebates that will be coming back because those rebates are dependent on the amount of money that is invested within ITV. So from a client perspective, uh, they need to be careful that their price commitments that the agency have made them Mm -hmm. are deliverable moving forward. And secondly, they are still receiving their fair share of the rebates that uh, are due to them from the investment that they give to ITV.
0: And I would add one thing, other thing to that is from a for a client perspective, you just need to kind of keep an eye on your media plans because if the agency is falling short of a big volume commitment that it's made to a TV station, when it has this, the implication that, you know, millions, hundreds of millions of pounds um, is that, you know, you might find the agency suddenly dumping GRPs, dumping ratings, uh, because they have to suddenly upweight their share of ITV in the short yeah. term. Um, and so you want to be careful as a client that you're not being... You know, oversold ITV inventory uh, in the short term in order to make up these deals, so it's just something to watch out. The third topic we're going to cover today
1: is around uh, media agency marketing collateral. Mm. We're in the privileged position where we receive a lot of marketing collateral. In theory, it should enable us to navigate the market, identify uh, uh, the differences between one agency and another. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a broader context than perhaps a client would. Yeah. Uh, however, you seem to have got a problem
0: with that. Well, I have. D- the standard is uh, is mixed, as you say, and it should help us understand and differentiate between different agency uh, agency groups. But um, often they it's quite can be quite bland. And actually, we find the agencies all kind of saying the same mm-hmm. thing as well, which is makes it hard to differentiate. But but I've been getting quite upset the last couple of weeks, particularly here, because. Um, I think we 've hit a, a new low um, in terms of agency collateral because uh, agencies my observation generally is that agencies are, are kind of on a race to impress a lot of the stuff that they put out um, and the marketing that they put out tends to be you know very kind of future gazing you know predictive you know, very technical um, and actually it makes media I think what that tells you is that it just makes media feel an, sound a bit more complicated than it is mm. um, and I'm not sure it's addressing you know the key question that I think many brands and marketers have which is actually can you simplify can you help me make decisions in this complexity but a lot of the messaging that you get from agencies is just adding to that and, yeah. and the reason that this time if you hear it just gets really bad uh, is that the first week of January. Uh, everybody goes to the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and you come back with another eighteen, you know, layers of complexity and another twenty things that you need to know about. From, you know, how virtual reality is going to change the supermarket experience, or how robots are going to take over the world, and you know, self-driving cars, which are all interesting, yeah. but they just don't have a, they're not given a real-world application, and mm. it's such a missed opportunity. Um, and CES is a great example of agencies. They just outpour identical observations, which probably could have been written from the CES brochure. Um, so that I find just this time of year, I find it quite disappointing. And I think you know, we challenge agencies. Send us your marketing collateral because we'd love to receive it. Keep doing that. Uh, but we're just looking for you to differentiate yourselves and simplify the complexity and not add to it. And I'm curious as to what... The clients think about this. I mean, yeah. For those
1: clients that weren't at CCS. Yeah,
0: we'd love to hear. Um,
1: because, I mean, if I was a client, you know, on the 4th of January, I'd want my agency lead to be sitting in my office yeah. uh, telling me exactly what I should be thinking about from a media perspective for the next 12 months, yeah. not tweeting me from Vegas. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Good. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, thank you for watching. Please subscribe if you want to be updated with new content. Uh, But thank you for watching. Have a good weekend.